Hey guys, and welcome to For the Kudos Q&A Session 30. I'm your host, Joel, and I'm joined with very special guest, Sinead Diver. Sinead, how are you going? Good, thanks, Joel. How are you? Good. We uh, pulled out all the beer guns to get this interview <laughs> as quick as possible. You've only just recently flown back in from Valencia. Yeah, I got in uh, last night um, around 6 p.m.-ish. Yeah. I uh, flew into Melbourne, yeah. How's the jet lag? Yeah, not too bad, actually. Like, I slept pretty well last night, but I think that's how it goes. Like, you sleep well the first night and you think, I've totally nailed this. Like, I'm not jet lagged at all. And then it's the next two nights that you can't really sleep or that you wake up yeah. and stuff. So I'm expecting tonight not to have a great night's sleep. Yeah. But yeah, well, last night was good. Yeah. Good. That's good. Um, I realized I didn't even intro you. Uh, obviously, you are now the... <laughs> The new Australian marathon record holder after having just run 2.21.34 in Valencia. Um, previous record was Benita Willis at 2.22.36 um, in Chicago, 2006. So you've taken 62 seconds off the record. Yeah. How, how does that matter? Has it sunk in yet? Um, yeah, it has. It's funny, actually. Somebody said to me at drinks on Sunday night, um, like has we were just talking about the record and talking about my race and then she was like has the 221 sunk in I was like oh not really actually I didn't wasn't really <laughs> not until you heard it you said 221 <laughs> <laughs> what I, I was just so like thinking about the record all the time and everything that I didn't really think too much about my actual time yeah um so yeah I mean it, it it's sunk in and stuff but it still feels surreal as well well, I think I think everyone, like all your supporters, especially like Melbourne Track Club, the people around you, we all knew that you could do it. It's a similar thing with Brett, right? We just knew yeah. we knew it was going to happen, but when? Yeah. Um, like, and obviously, yeah, like uh, you had this insane performance last year at the Olympics um, and that was great, but you've had some poorer performances since then too, you know, having DNF'd at Nagoya in March of this year. And I think, you know, yeah. especially the, the, the Sinead Diver, oh, I, don't, I was going to say Sinead Diver haters. I'm not sure you've got any haters. Um, but, you <laughs> Crit- know, pe- critics. critics, you know, people are there like going, well, you know, may- maybe after Nagoya, it's like, okay, Sinead's done. You know, she's yeah. going to be on a downward spiral. Sinead's too old and this and that. And then you're just like, no, fuck you guys. <laughs> Break the Australian <laughs> record in December. Uh, like I think it's always going to be like that just because of my age and stuff. People will think, when I have a bad race it's like oh that's it she's on the downward spiral yeah and like I knew myself that I wasn't I just knew I was having a bit of a bad run which just happens sometimes especially um, in the marathon especially in the marathon because like one little thing goes wrong and it's magnified in a marathon like you can get through a 10k or a half marathon uh, you can get away with things going a little bit yeah. wrong but for the marathon it just everything just needs to work out and it's so hard to get everything lined up and even when you have a perfect lead in, like something can happen on the day. It just, I don't know. It, I, I feel like everything almost lined up at the weekend. So almost. You know, finally. What, what didn't line up? <laughs> oh, <laughs> I was telling Elise this actually. So I didn't sleep well again uh, in the days leading in. So the I days. Just, days. Because we always yeah. say like one night, if you sleep crap the night before, yeah. you can still perform. But days, okay. Yeah. So uh, I just thought this is going to be a repeat of Nagoya again. Like I was really upset about it. And, wow. Um, well, you obviously didn't let that, you know, because I was going to ask you like what was your 
Look, it's sort of different, right? It's like I was going to say what was your expectation leading into the race? Say that like week out, two weeks out, um, you know, even when you and I were doing training sessions together and you were putting down some some significant um, sessions, you know, yeah. running really, really good times. When you were doing those times and, sorry, those sessions a few weeks out, were you thinking I can really break this record at this race? Yeah. I. That's the best I've trained ever and I knew – like I, my confidence, like my confidence really took a hit this year. Um, yeah. and I think that's the first time in over since the Olympics that I felt, okay, I'm training really well again and probably better than I ever have. And I felt so confident until, and then I left to go to London, had a bit of trouble sleeping there for the first few nights, but I think that's no surprise given with jet lag and everything. Yeah. And then I came good. I started sleeping really well. Had two good training sessions there and then went to Valencia on the Thursday and I couldn't sleep that night and I was like I'm just going to take a sleeping tablet because it's enough days out from the race that it won't impact me yeah so but then I got woken like at 6 a.m by doping control so I was super groggy and like I had taken a sleeping tablet a few hours before that so I was completely like zonked and then I thought all right no big deal because now I'll definitely sleep well tonight but then I didn't yeah, <laughs> next shit. night and then the night before the race I never sleep well so then it just compounding yeah, yeah compounding and stuff but like it you must have I, done something right like you're saying you're stressing out you must have lined up because you said oh I, this is going to be a repeat of Nagoya but at some point it was during the race you made the decision or, or on the start line you went let's just forget about that and give it yeah. a red hot crack Pretty much I was like, like I, I got a little, I was kind of in and out of sleep. Yeah. And so when I had to get up, I was like, I actually don't really feel too bad. Like it's not like Nagoya. I, like Nagoya, I felt shocking because okay. um, I was a bit sick there and stuff. Whereas for this one, I was like, no, I feel okay. Um, and I, I, I think it was, I, I just needed to, to, to know how I felt when I ran. So the first K felt super easy. I was like, all right, this is good. I don't have heavy legs. I don't feel heavy. You know, uh, sleep hasn't really impacted me that much. <laughs> You'd bloody hope for, so after the first K. You don't want like to... <laughs> the first K, first 5K. Because in okay. Nagoya, I felt it, immediately I was like, oh my gosh, this feels too fast. Uh-huh. But I thought, oh, you're just tired. Whereas in Valencia, I was like, kind of just didn't look at my watch on the, on the first K went and I was like 318. I was like, that felt like I ran a 340. I was like, okay, this wow. is good. That was so all the training like, of here. me. That was all the training of you telling me, all right, I want this first cane 320. And I go out and like 310 face yes. and I can hear <laughs> you like, fucking come back here. Slow <laughs> down. <laughs> you had one job. <laughs> yeah. So I knew. And then like, you never know for sure, obviously, because at any stage in the marathon, things can unravel. And yeah. I went through, I went through bad patches in the race as well. Um, I was going to ask that when, when do you think, obviously you said the first 5k felt, um, felt pretty chill. So the, the original plan, like, did Nick speak to you before the race to go at, out at, like, was there a pace group for you to break the record? Yeah. So there was a pace group for 222. Okay. And before I went to Valencia, I'd spoken to Nick and we were thinking that I'd go through half in 7045. So under 222 pace, but it would depend on the pace group. So then they told me in the tech meeting that they were going to 
our face group's going to go at 71.15 through half. And I was like, that's fine. Like I didn't, I was, I wasn't too fussed that it was slower than I wanted because I wasn't sure if I should go that fast or not. Yeah. But and seventy-one fifteen um, still on. Well, that's that's. It would have been just just like, you're leaving yeah. it by six seconds. <laughs> yeah, so it would have been pretty tight. But um, then it turned out that we went through five k on pace, and next thing, the next k was I can't remember if it was next k, but within the next ten k, we started doing like three sixteens, wow. and there was a three, I think a three fourteen in there or something. I was like this way too fast like what because we had were you feeling that it was way too fast or you only thought it was too fast because you looked and you saw 316 i felt good but i felt like um i'm pushing a bit too much here so um i thought the pace would slow down and then he didn't and there was one other uh, two other girls in the group with me and one of them was from Morocco and she kept telling him to go faster. She was like pushing him in the back and telling him, rapido, rapido. And I, I was like, no, slow down, slow down. But anyway, I was like, all right, I don't care. I'm going to let them go. So I fell back a bit for a while. And I was like, I'm not running at that pace. And then I locked into uh, like more like So when did you fall ones. back or what, what came marker was that? Uh, it would have been after three, two 316s. I'll just bring up my Strava and have a look. But I actually ended up catching them again. Wow. Um, That's so good. Did you, ha- so did they, you say some some harsh words as you passed? Like, <laughs> I knew I was going to get you, <laughs> idiots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, so actually, so around, so K7, 8, and 9 were like 316, 318, 316. I was like, no, I pulled back then and 10 was a 25, 21, 17, 24. So then... But then that that I thought the Moroccan girl was gonna blow up because she's breathing super heavy, like from five k. I was like, "Oh, this girl is gone," and she's pushing the pace. But she didn't blow up. She ended up running thirty seconds faster than me. But the pacer actually let her go because he knew. I I can't remember at what point. Maybe twenty uh, k. He was probably like, "Ooh, I'm supposed to go through half in seventy one fifty, and we're way too quick." So then we went through half in uh 70 40 and he he just ca- he came back to me and he was like how many okay? people were because it was, was hard like, to see on the stream how many people were you were you with at halfway just uh so there was uh one of the girls had dropped out i think at that point or she'd definitely fallen back so then the, and the moroccan girl had gone ahead so out of the females it was just me but there was a whole gang of guys sitting off the oh. back of us as well so here we go or sitting watching around Brett's race he goes through halfway in a big pack of 40 okay i'm gonna go i'm gonna be out <laughs> the first to say it your record was more impressive than brett's <laughs> <laughs> but then so my pacer from from that point on he was brilliant because he was he was just focused on me and he was like making sure that the guys got out of the way for the drink That's stops good. yeah for me because they were all uh, just kind of focused on their own race. Yeah. They just would get in the way and stuff and kind of slot in behind him. And he was, he's like, no, 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 no. And like tell them to move so that, that I could move. So he was great and he was with me. He was supposed to stay until 25, but he stayed to 30K. Okay, great. Um, Did yeah, you see him after great. the race? Yeah, he was really good. Go up and give him a massive hug. I actually did. Yeah. So I didn't – so he dropped it – or he pulled out a 30K and then after uh, – I was walking back to the hotel and I was talking to one of the girls from AA 
And next thing, he just walked past my hotel. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, thank you so much. And I gave him a hug and, like, I was chatting to him. And, yeah, he was he was really happy that I was that Got I had record. gotten the record. Oh, that's and awesome. That, uh, that I was really happy with how he paced me and stuff. Yeah, That's great. Um, would you say, like, obviously a marathon, you said you went through patches of feeling bad, patches of feeling good. Mm-hmm. Where, When do you reckon it got proper hard? You know, like when we listen, if you listen, you listen, you said you listen to Brett's episode um, last night, like he said his was sort of, you know, 35, 36K. It was just like, all right, this is Sufferfest now. Yeah. Um, I think, oh, I can't remember. <laughs> Maybe never. Like, so around 28k, <laughs> no, around 28k, I thought, oh my God, this is like, there's so far to go yet. But they had told us in the tech meeting that from 34k, it's slightly, ever so slightly downhill. So I was like, I can't wait to get to 34k. And then I thought the rest will take care of itself. Good attitude. <laughs> That'll be great. Got to 34k and. Uh, I was like, I can't tell any difference here. And, <laughs> um, and I, I don't know what I expected. Like, for you're, yeah, you're, you're expecting like you're going, <laughs> going down one of the hills at Fernie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, I think I had one of my slowest caves then. I was like, oh my God. So it got really hard, I think around 37K. Yeah. It, like just so everything hurt. And I just thought at any point I could still blow up here. Like I didn't think at any point that I've got it in the bag and I didn't know I had my case splits on. So I didn't know if I was on record pace. I knew I was on PB pace because my splits were so quite fast yeah. and even. Um, but I was like, I don't know if I'm on record pace or not. So I didn't know until I turned in and saw the clock. You're over, trying to do, uh, were you trying to do line. the Brett Robinson oh. mathematics in the last few days? No, I could, I, because I know that I cannot do maths when I'm running. It's just like it's, it's impossible. So um, I would have expected you could. Yeah, I to just, be honest. I I think Brett's problem is that he can't. No. Yeah, Brett can't do maths at the best of times, let alone in a marathon. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas you do coding, so surely you. <laughs> yeah, no. I promise, I could. I can't do maths, like in, even in training just, and stuff when I'm running at intensity. Yeah. Um, um, but. When I yeah, when I turned in and saw the the clock would finish, I knew yeah, I had it. That was yeah, it was pretty emotional looking at that video, the footage of you when you just come a, come across <laughs> the um and just Brett, very similar to Brett. <laughs> Brett's was so. <laughs> it's if by similar, I'm yeah, exactly the right. Brett's was the most boring. Thing. Like Brett was almost like I don't even care if I've got the record. I'm too tired. Whereas yours was really yeah, emotional, and that's why. Oh, on yeah. your uh, on your Instagram, there's like a hundred comments of people saying, "I could watch this on repeat all day," but no, no one was saying that <laughs> on Brett's post. <laughs> <laughs> it was so funny because, like, you, you cross the finish line and like they just don't give a shit because I think I was eleventh or something or twelfth, yeah. and by then, like, it's essentially you can nearly tell they're trying to wrap it up. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like I'm trying to shake somebody going oh my god I just yeah. got the record but yeah, like Australian cared. record so I didn't know <laughs> I didn't know there was a camera on me and that, that they would capture uh-huh. that okay like and I th- it was just by chance that they that they did because I think they, they were interviewing actually the girl who won when I was coming in so she had just finished yeah. So then they kind of went back to the finish line I happened to be coming over at that point because l- luckily they uh, yeah it. I was yeah, like amazing 
it was so strange because I just wanted to see somebody that I knew, you know, that I could give a hug to and stuff. And there was just nobody. <laughs> You're like looking with your arms spread out. Like, mean, can you? Yeah. No, that's not there. Oh, anybody? Anyone, no, no one there? <laughs> <laughs> the security guard wouldn't yeah. make eye contact with me. <laughs> it's me. It's Sinead Diver. It's like, oh, my God. What's she? Stop looking at me. <laughs> And then I was just being ushered out, and I was like, "Oh God, that's amazing!" I feel like I feel like the listeners will love that because they probably think you know this huge, big fanfare and all that. But it's like sometimes the uh, yeah. you know, running is is not as uh, yeah, not as luxurious yeah. and glorious as people think. Definitely um, not. Would you say you know when you got to 30, 37, 38k, and you said it was really starting to get hard? How do you have you read the Blue Line? That came out today. Yes. So do you know what I'm about yeah. to say? Think of flamingos. Oh, so what is that? So, about? well, I I I don't want to give it away. But the listeners should uh, have to go look at the blue line. But no, it's um, uh-huh. it's Brett's. I didn't even know. You know, Brett's never told me that. But he, when he gets to a period of the race when he's like in a lot of pain. Um, an old physio that he used to see back years and years and years ago said, think of flamingos. And it's just a way. Yeah, no, yeah. I read that. Why, why flamingos? I think flamingos, just because yeah. it's something so random. So it allows your brain to disassociate and you think of something that is right. so not related to what you're doing and it just lets you your mind wander. Yeah. Yeah, I found that really yeah. interesting. I might actually try that for the Are you going to pick flamingos? Because all you can do are you is... pick your own animal? Yeah, why not? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'll go, go with flamingos. flamingos yeah. Maybe we'll start a movement here. <laughs> yeah. I think, yeah. Yeah, no, I thought that was a really good strategy because at that point all you can think about is how painful everything yeah. is. It's just to disassociate. Um, yeah, it must so... be. It must be something... The, yeah. Yeah, the physio must have read it in some torture book or something like that, like how to yeah. <laughs> how to put up with immense pain. Um, yeah, there you go. Would you say, you know, like I know it's probably hard to answer this, but what do you reckon has changed in your training um, between, say, the Olympics and now? Or has it just been consistency? Um, or Honestly, I, I don't think a whole lot. I think that um, I've been in very similar shape before, but the opportunities just don't come up all yeah. that often. Um, like in all, most of my marathons, it, it's been like female-only races. This is the first one I've done for a long, like since probably um, Melbourne, where it's been a mixed race. Um and it was the first one that nothing really kind of went wrong in the lead in. Like I didn't get any niggles. Um, I didn't get sick. I didn't get COVID yeah. or the flu or anything like that. Um, so each week I could just, you know, I trained without interruption yeah, really. Just banking weeks and um, weeks and weeks waiting for the race to. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like then, like say, for example, with the Olympics, I was definitely in similar shape. Like I was going really well, but then you're running in like 30 yeah. degrees. So, you know, obviously you're not going to run that fast then. And then Birmingham was a hilly course and I had loads of issues in the, the lead in and that. So this was just one of those days where everything lined up pretty much perfectly. Um, yeah, and it's a relief for it to happen because I felt like I haven't had a great year and I've had, there has been, um, you know, reasons for each race why it didn't go as well as I'd hoped. But if you 
if you can't then come come out of that and produce something good, it, it just sounds like excuses yeah. all the time. So now, you know, those other races, there were reasons why they didn't go well. And I think I've proven that. And I wasn't just, you know, talking, talking shit. shit. Yeah, I think that's yeah. definitely true. Um, yeah. Would Would you say... Like, is there, for the listeners, you know, is there a Sinead Diver secret to backing up these super successful marathons, you know, either year after year? Um, No secret, but you definitely get better each one that you do, even if it's not a good race. You, it sounds like a cliche, but you actually do learn something new in every, every race, um, especially when it goes badly. You know, you learn what not to do or what to avoid or how to tweak your training and that. So the more you do, you just get better at it. Yeah. And there's a lot to the marathon. There's a lot to learn. And nobody can really tell you because um, I think each person has like individual experiences during the race and has strengths and weaknesses in different areas. So you need to figure out for yourself, you know, what needs to be done to get better, mm. you know, in each marathon. It's definitely uh, having spoken to a lot of people like since starting this podcast i've noticed that just things that, that you know yeah. that you would say that then brett would say or jack say, you know everyone's got these different experiences you know when you if you talk about some of the track races it seems just more similar you know it's like oh it gets hard here it gets where it's like no marathon's different some people yeah. find it you know from 10 to 20k you feel really uncomfortable but then 20 to 30 you're fine and then for someone else it's totally different yeah, yeah i think uh yeah I can't wait for me to start my education on them. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully next year. Oh yeah, have you got not yet? Picked out? <laughs> not yet. Maybe yeah. I'll maybe I'll I'll uh, get you to help me with my training. How, how does that sound? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> I I owe you some patience. Yeah. <laughs> um, I have to hop yeah. on the bike. Well, Sinead, I'm not going to take up too much more of your time um, because I reckon you probably have 700 other podcasts and media media interviews and stuff coming up in the next couple of days so i don't want you uh i want you to have energy for that but can you tell the listeners what's next um i haven't actually given much thought <laughs> Isn't it, to what's next. it's such a bad <laughs> question it's like yeah just a typical thing that everyone i don't even want to <laughs> yeah. ask it but i've got a gun to my head i just have to yeah i mean like uh, next year will be all about you know, getting another fast marathon for qualifying for the Olympics. So that'll be my main focus. I probably won't do cross uh, country uh, world class this year. <laughs> so jet lag, you forgot what that sport was soon. called. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cross. Uh, cross. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I don't know. I think... You know, I'll probably do a marathon the first half of the year and then maybe another in the second half of the year or something. I haven't picked one out yet. I got to catch up with Nick and see, you know, yeah. what good good options are in that. But I'll definitely be focusing on marathons. you got world champs next year too. Yeah, that's right, yeah. So that'll be, what, August next yeah. year. Um, so then it'll ha- I'll have to decide if, you know, if I go there or if I focus on a fast flat marathon given championship races yet generally aren't that fast but they can be and you know if AA put in a a carrot to say you know if you come top I don't know eight or ten or whatever that you get out of qualifying for the Olympics I mean then that'll make everyone more interested in the world chance and that 
So I'll just have to see how things. Well, definitely out. must take some pressure off having to go search for you know super fast marathons. I know you said you you want to, but it's like come on, you just broke the Australian record. Yeah, so it is good to <laughs> to get that yeah. done now because you know I have tried a few times and failed, and uh, this was almost like a free shot, a free go at it because next year is going to be focused around the Olympics, so I don't necessarily want to go out super fast. Uh, like tr- like trying to break a record, it'll be more about trying to get a fast time and be very, very yeah. sure of it and not such take a such risk. a big risk. Yeah. Well, luckily yeah. for you, yeah, you don't have to. Um, it must also be, this is probably, have, have you done a December marathon before? Because mm, it must be nice no. timing, you know, the recovery oh, yeah. and chilling out into Christmas with your family. Like that's got to be a good feeling. Like yeah. imagine you're doing a, it is a March marathon and you have to, you know, start your block around Christmas yeah. New Year's. <laughs> yeah, actually, and even when like when Zalapec was on in January that year and like, like it's like be really serious about training over Christmas and stuff. Whereas now it's like I can enjoy this yeah. whole period, you know, and not worry about training. And yeah, it's really, it's really yeah. nice. Awesome, Shane. Well, uh, thank you so much. Um, the listeners are going to absolutely no love worries. this. And yeah, we really appreciate you taking the time after pretty much just setting foot back in Melbourne. So um, awesome, Shane. See you at training. See you. Dog.